Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm your host, Bobby Burton. Joining me today is Eric Nolene, publisher, InsideTexas.com, your source uh, for Texas Longhorn football and recruiting news. Uh, Eric, we had the spring game over the weekend. Any prevailing thoughts out of the gate for you? Yeah, well, I see that microphone there. You look like Howard Cosell sitting back there. I like it. <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting a little more legitimate by the week, huh? Every, every so often, we actually try to improve it. I've tried to, for the record, this should have... The intro music should be lower now. I hope that uh, works out for people that were worried about that, but we'll see. Yeah, man. I mean, um, I, I, my, my thinking is it's a Rorschach test, the, the spring game. It's, it's, you know, we finally get to see things with our own eyes. I thought our reporting held up quite well compared to what we actually saw. Uh, but, you know, people, if you were optimistic about the program uh, based on the influx of talent and, you know, adding Gary Patterson, things like that, then you probably saw that game with a different lens than if you were, you know, still thinking about the Kansas game. I think if you're a pessimist going in, then you kind of cued on the uh, on the problems that we still saw on defense and, you know, some miscues at quarterback still and some misthrows and uh, offensive line play, of course. But we knew that we knew that was an issue. So me, um, I guess I would be more in the optimistic uh, bucket, except, you know, I think I'm, I'm a little more realist, but everybody thinks they're realistic. Uh, I'm not sure if I necessarily am, but. So my thing for the offseason has been incremental incremental improvements. And I think that we we saw, you know, certainly a much bigger improvement over the last year's spring game where it was just discombobulated. Remember that trick play where they threw it over the head backwards? And I mean, we didn't see anything like that, you know what I mean? Uh, so I think the talent is on display. The, the, the biggest source of optimism that I think even the pessimists would grant you is the uh, the influx of skill, uh, skill talent is apparent. Yeah, I, I don't think any – I think you hit it right on nail on the head. And even if it's not an influx, other – other than it's just Nayor and Ewers and I guess Billingsley too. I mean, you're right. Well, and Sanders, Sanders, J- yep. Jatavian Sanders is, I mean, he was on the team last year, but he, you know, he played a lot of special teams. And so now we're seeing the, the talent that we saw in high school. That's tantalizing. Yeah, no doubt. And I, and let's just get, I, I tell you what, what I thought we would do today um, for people is really talk about the, the go position by position, what we saw in the spring scrimmage, but also what we saw overall and where you think things ended up. Right. Let's start with the quarterbacks and talk about Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card. Hudson Card came out first with the ones, led the team to a touchdown. Quinn Ewers, I think, was the only one that ever scored with the twos. The first drive, he led him to a field goal. Um, and then they, the two went back and forth. But what was your overall takeaway from, from the two quarterbacks this spring and, as well as the spring game? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think Hudson Card is very talented, but I think he's more in the uh, game manager mold compared to Quinn. Quinn is, uh, you know, he makes some electric plays, but he also makes some plays that he would love to have back probably a split second before he, he made that decision. And I, I think my uh, critique or what my opinion uh, held up as far as, you know, one is a facilitator and one is more of a creator. I think Quinn is more of a creator, you know, like a Russell Westbrook. And then you've got more of a, a you know, a point guard in the, in the mold of John Stockton and Hudson Card, you know, that he's trying to get everybody else involved and not necessarily make the play himself, but Put people in position. Put people in position to make plays. I loved what we saw them doing with RPOs. 
the RPO is a dangerous game. You miss one tackle, and that's going to be a touchdown with these wide receivers. And you hit them in stride like they like we were seeing them on those slants. It's it, you know it's beautiful when they're when they're on time. It was it was a much more consistent than what we saw last year. Uh, they're just going to be a lot more dangerous. But they're going to be growing pains going into the season. We might not whoever the quarterback is in in November. I think is going to be damn good. But I'm not sure what they're going to look like in September. I go back to three throws that uh, Quinn Ewers made in that game that really showed me a little something. The first one, obviously, the deep ball uh, to uh, that he connected on with Isaiah Nayor. This is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, you, Texas has been – it's been a long time since Texas had a quarterback could get the ball out there like that. Uh, the glance route to Xavier Worthy for a touchdown, of course, was just – I mean, that's a difficult-to-defend pass. But the one that I go back to, really, that it wasn't complete, but it showed me that he saw something really quick and got it out really quick yes. was the miss – the deep miss to Dejon Harrison. Yeah. Um, that – that was close to six points, you know, yeah, and that was pretty what makes, impressive. What gives him such special potential is he's got the arm that matches the anticipation. There's no point in having anticipation if you can't make a throw, but he can make these throws. And, uh, you know, he's when he when he starts doing the smaller things right is when, he, you know, he's really going to take another step. But, um, you know, there's still a lot of time for him to develop between now and the season. And then, of course, August camp, he's going to learn a whole lot more. So he's going to come back an entirely different player in two months, even though that's that seems like a real quick turnaround, but it's going to be he's going to learn a lot. You know, he's going to, there's going to be times where he's sitting there processing and going over plays in his head, realizing what he could have done better. And I think he's going to, his decision-making is going to continue to improve. So I'm not worried about it. It's just, you know, we're worried about that September slate, what they're going to look like then. I think the quarterback's position is in the best position it's been in in a long time at Texas going into the season. I would agree with that. I think they're more set, but even though they don't have a, they, they're not settled at number one, uh, they have two capable guys that we know are, are actual, actually capable, I think. Um, I would say that, and you mentioned more of a game manager for Hudson Card. thought he did a good job of checking down a couple of times. Yeah. But maybe he didn't let the ball go a couple of times when he should have deep too. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of frustrating for him not to make those throws because he does have the arm for it. Everybody talks about Quinn's arm, but Hudson is, uh, is a plus arm for sure. And, you know, I, I'm going to get called out for not for saying the first time, the best quarterback situation they've had in a long time. Somebody's going to justifiably say Ellinger. But we're talking about entirely different statistical possibilities coming into the season with these quarterbacks and this offense than what we saw out of, out of Herman. I know uh, Ellinger, of course, he shouldered a lot of load and, and ran for a lot of touchdowns in 2018. He was a great quarterback, don't get me wrong. But the, the statistical possibilities are entirely different than what they were a couple of years ago. Yeah, and I, and I think even then the depth wasn't there, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. and, and so that's what I was talking. I wasn't necessarily saying about a one. I mean, a senior Sam Ellinger, you, you, you want him over these. I, I'm not debating that. The right. issue though, is I think they got two guys capable. They've even got Malik, Malik Murphy in, in the pipeline who has some talent. Uh, and so I, I, I agree with the overall tenor of what you were saying, I think. And that's what, that's where I was going at too. The, the running backs to me, Eric, um, best position on the team possibly. I mean, Certainly, Roshan looked like a, a million bucks out there, broke a tackle, ran it, took it to the house, showed some acceleration after contact again, which is one of his uh, big things. But uh, to me, it, the whole story, uh, one of the biggest stories at running back was just how good Jonathan Brooks looked. Yep. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. You know, that's uh, when, when you talk about natural running back traits, I think he has them with the feet, the balance and the vision. Um, and you know, pay, Eric, also- Eric, patience. Yeah, he, he has some patience too on the outside runs, and then he just gets it. I was I, that's one of the things I noticed. Yeah, he's got great feel at the position. You know, when he uh, when he was being recruited, uh, you know, Texas was an early offer, maybe his first offer, it was real early. And I thought, oh man, this guy's going to blow up. 
Um, he didn't remind me as the same athlete as Ronald Jones, but it was very similar to Ronald Jones had a really slow start to his recruitment, but then he took off. For some reason, Brooks just never took off. I don't know. Maybe it's just being out there in Houtsville for whatever reason, but I thought he was going to take off. And then, uh, you know, I heard one of the uh, Texas's big rivals, their, their running back coach, I uh, thought he was the best running back in the state. Uh, and, you know, obviously to me, he was clearly underrated, but he's, he's probably better than I even thought. You know, he's doing this against real good competition. Um, he's going to be a star. And so he just has to wait his turn. And that's, that's the name of the game, you know. Um, Sarkeesian and, and, of course, Nick Saban have, have been able to get, get future stars. They've been willing to buy time. You know, if you know that you're going to get that chance, it's going to be worth it. And I think he knows that he's going to get that chance. But uh, it's going to be uh, more in a reduced role this year and then next year, the, the following years, he's really going to take off. But that's a future 1,000-yard rusher without a doubt. Yeah, Jaden Blue also got some carries. Didn't really get to see him do all that much. Uh, Keelan Robinson, it looked like they tried to get him involved in the passing game a bit more. Well, I mean, that's, there's no point in being fast if you're not going to get him out there in space. And I think that they were really doing a good job of getting everybody out there in space. So, yeah, he's going to – I think we're going to see here a lot more about him in August. Uh, there's going to be a lot of st special things that they do with him. Spring ball is just more about the basics. But it's good to see him getting the ball too. If anybody was worried about the wide receiver position and whether or not uh, Isaiah Nayor's ability translated to the, to the major college level uh, yeah. going into this game – I think it's safe to say they're no longer worried about that. <laughs> I think, right. Right. I think uh, <laughs> he really looked good. Yeah. Well, mentally prepping for this show, my first takeaway was, man, we need to make sure we talk about Jordan Whittington because he's, he's going to be an unsung hero if he stays healthy. But, you know, it is exciting to see Nair going deep, taking the top off. Uh, and, you know, those guys in conjunction, when Sark really gets his rhythm down and, and figures out exactly which direction the offense is going to go, it's going to, these guys are going to be up, have defenses off balance. I can't wait. But I think Whittington, if he stays healthy, He's going to end up being a cult hero based off his production this year. Um, you know, you, you need that guy that relieves pressure, that can that can break a tackle and, and, and make extra yards. I, you know, I absolutely love the slot machine wide receiver position where it's basically a wide receiver with running back traits. Uh, and he has – I can't wait to see him all. But whoever wins that quarterback job is going to have a lot to work with. And that's a big difference from last year where wide receiver was probably the biggest issue on the team other than inconsistent quarterback play. Yeah, I mean, I wonder – I am just, you know – I mentioned this on the message boards today at Inside Texas. And Eric, I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Wide receiver, the room itself just seems top heavy right now. I mean, I'm not not trying to be, and, and I said this, you know, Texas, some people question whether or not Texas should have taken a Jai Hall in the, in the portal on top of already taking Isaiah Nayor. And after watching the spring game, I don't think there's any reason not for them to have taken him. I mean, the, the reality of it is, is that they needed more um, and it's not, it's not all there right now, especially on the outside. They don't have anybody else other than Nayor, really, that you, you right. go, wow, you got to cover him. Um, so, I mean, what were your thoughts in, in that? Well, regard? I mean, that, that just goes back to recruiting. They've had to scramble to put this room together. You know, it didn't come honestly to them as far as just stacking class after class after class. You know, that was one of the biggest gluts on offense uh, on the team, talent-wise, was wide receiver. They kept having these, these classes filled with misses and that would lead to small classes or, you know, maybe guys that were, were tend to be reaches for a school like Texas. And so they're – They've done well to scramble and, and put this this uh, top top line unit together, but really they need this recruiting class that we're in right now to to really set the future, set the tone for the long time. You know, last year they they struggled too, only landing Brendan Thompson as a as a real elite threat, and then Savion Red. I, we both like him as a football prospect. Not sure that he exactly how he exactly fits uh, at receiver, but so this is the year that they got to make make amends for that, and then they've got to do it in a permanent way. Uh, you know, there's you, you, you're going to take advantage of having worthy Nair Whittington this year. And I think, you know, I think Ryan Niblett saw something, right? 
Yep. You know, and, and that's what me and Jerry were talking about this yesterday. I mean, Texas didn't just, there was a reason they got a running back and a wide receiver on Saturday night. Yep. I mean, you, right. you look at that offense, you're like, hmm, there's some pieces here that I'd like yep. to be running eight yards free too, coach. Yeah. You know, Why, you know I mean? Weisner, Weisner as a slasher has to be liking what he's seeing there, you know, very similar yeah. uh, ability to get vertical, similar to Jonathan Brooks quickly. That's a, no, you and I on the same page. I mean, that that's, they, it's just a natural thing to say, Hey, yeah, I like that too, man. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was really one of the positions that I was, I don't know if it's quietly excited about, but pleasantly surprised with how they really looked uh, when it all came together was tight end. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think we all know that there's talent. Uh, I think they're probably better blockers than we were giving them credit for, but that kind of remains to be seen. There's the zero sum aspect to account for, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a talented, talented group. Um, could probably use a little more depth. Obviously, Juan Davis would come back and healthy. He's more of a Billingsley uh, clone. Uh, but Hellman, Hellman Sanders are going to be above average this year, I think, certainly as receivers. Uh, and if they could just be average blockers, then they're going to be big-time value adds at the position. Yeah, I, uh, Sanders is one of the most natural pass catchers at that position you're going you're gonna to see. It wasn't so much the after-the-catch run he made on the first little uh, um, one he did on the out uh, the pass he threw a little option route on the outside it was the the one that he came that came back to him over the middle that Hudson Card hit him on I thought yeah. that was a terrific catch uh, yeah. obviously Jaron Thompson caused a fumble late but right. that catch was extended away from his body uh, the ball was not thrown lightly I mean yeah. everything about it said mm, that translates whenever they're in game uh, as, as long as he just holds on to it uh, the offensive line is a different story for me uh, it was you know and, and this is going back to your very first point of this interview uh, when you said it's kind of what you thought it was going in if you had if you were optimistic going in you saw some things you liked if you were pessimistic you yeah. saw some things you didn't well I've been pessimistic on the offensive line so I saw some things I I focused more on the things I didn't like I just didn't see any cohesiveness I think they still got issues at left tackle no matter who they put out there uh, and they they weren't necessarily dominating um you know, again, it's a zero-sum game. They're playing against the defense, but I, I just didn't feel like I didn't feel like uh, there was anything about the offensive line that said, "Whoa, they're going to be a they're going to be a, a a group to be reckoned with." I guess. Yeah, well, they're still scrambling to uh, get the pieces together, and obviously, there's a lag there because only uh, Cole Hudson, the one guy that they did have come in early from that class, is already looking really good. So that that's that's some excitement, right? Cole Hudson might have been. Uh, second or third lowest rated guy in the class, even though I didn't necessarily agree with the rating. I was a big fan of his um, it's, and he's already performing well. So there's, there's some optimism for you, Bobby. Um, but yeah, they're scrambling in ways to, to fix the roster there that they, they had at, at other positions, you know, wide receiver, we were just talking about looks night and day different. We're not going to get that night and day difference just because the, 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 the true upside talent isn't in the program yet. Uh, so we're going to have to wait and see what they look like in June and August. Um, but it really, that, that offensive line is going to be a year away. And then the following year, they're still going to be young. So we're, it's going to be a process with that position. That's why I'm just looking for incremental improvements. I don't think we're going to really see the improvements on the O-line until more, more bodies get in there. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
the defensive line front talking about the in the defense as a whole um, is the next place I want to go. But before I do that, I want to ask you about the offense as a whole. Um, what did you, what are your, just on the offense alone? Is it, is it just how much firepower they have that they just got to harness it kind of and get enough time on the offensive line? Is there anything more specific uh, you want to mention? Well, I think with the, when you talk about what, what they were good at on Saturday and, and your concerns with the offensive line, it just makes a lot of sense to continue to build out the RPO game. You know, it's going to create some indecision with the defense uh, and it's going to get the ball out fast for the offensive line. So I think that's a, that's something that they really need to focus on and, and probably make it more of a core identity uh, with the quarterbacks. I, I, they didn't run it a lot last year. I don't think Casey Thompson felt uh, really, really comfortable uh, throwing those, uh, throwing that game. So I think you got to build around getting the ball out quick, getting the ball out in space and spreading them out and trying to shred them. Um, they're, they're not in the position to really run the sort of mechanical machine-like offense they want where you just run them over and then throw it over the top. Got it. Uh, defense, uh, start with the defensive tackle group. Uh, was considered probably the strength of the defense. Um, what, what were your thoughts of everybody from uh, Alfred Collins uh, to Tavondre Sweat, Keandre Coburn, Byron Murphy? Moro Jomo. Yeah, and Vernon Broughton, I think, uh, is showing some, showing some improvement. Uh, you know, I, I think they're still playing them in a way that it doesn't exactly uh, play to their strengths. You know, there, there's, a, there's some individual talented players that are going to have long careers in the NFL, but they might not have the college production you'd expect based on how they're being played. Uh, and so, you know, they're, they're kind of taking one for the team when they're two gapping. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just defer to the coaches and hopefully they, they have a good idea of what they're doing. They, they should be able to be a differentiator in the, in the big 12 based on their talent matched up with the offensive line. They, 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 it might not be as big a discrepancy as, as going to, uh, in, in squad scrimmage, but it's not that far off. You know, the, the interior line for Texas isn't all that bad. So they should, they should be productive. I don't know. We're not seeing it nearly as much disruption as, as I think we'd like to see, but the talent is there. We'll just, see, you know, obviously they're, they kept it real vanilla too. Yeah. On the edge. Uh, I think that, it's safe to say Baron Sorrell and uh, Justice Finkley both showed glimpses, right, of, of some really solid play, but they also weren't as necessarily consistently good as you maybe want, right? And yeah. does that come with experience? I think both of those guys have some tools that eventually will make them players on the 40 acres. I just don't know if they're ready for the, the bright lights and, and to really be a, a major contributor this coming year based on what I saw. Uh, making the O'Shawn Mathis thing, what we've talked about, um, a, a necessary uh, piece of the puzzle for Texas from the from the portal. Uh, on the other side, Ovio Gofu, I thought, looked a little stronger. It yeah. looked a little bit more. Um, I, I don't I don't know if toned up is the right word, but he, he looked like he gained five to ten pounds of good muscle, good weight, a little more aggressive. Yeah, he seemed to be playing under control quite a bit. Um, I, I do believe he's stronger at the point of attack. We've heard that. Um, and, you know, a lot of it, a lot of playing strong is not just in the gym, but it's playing with proper leverage, putting your body in position to make plays. I think Baron Sorrell did better uh, at that um, than, than last year as well. So I, I think we're seeing development. I think, you know, a, a common theme that we wrote about numerous times was development. Um, and I think that we, we saw that Sar Sarkeesian echoed that sentiment. Uh, he seems to agree. I, I, I just got off the phone before I got on the video with Bobby and the theme of that call was development. Why are so many players happy? Why are so few players looking to leave Texas uh, right now? We've got this huge portal window. We know they're heavy on numbers It's because they know they're, they're being developed. And that's a big part of it. So yeah. I think we're seeing development across the board. I'm not sure it's ever going to be fast enough for the fans, but 
Um, they still need to get those top line pieces together. Like you saw the, the starters at wide receiver, you need that across the board and now you're competing for a natty. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's a good way to put it. Linebacker, um, Overshone went out early. They, they put him on the shelf, just let him, they didn't want to get him injured, I think, with one, one practice to go. Uh, got uh, Devin Richardson and Jet Bush a lot of time. Benda uh, and Jalen Ford, of course, uh, were the primaries for most of the, the afternoon. Um, I thought Jet Bush made a couple of open field plays, one on Keelan Robinson that I thought was really nice. Uh, I also thought that otherwise that group was not really, I mean, maybe I'm missing something. I went back and rewatched uh, the poor, I, I shouldn't say the, the rebroadcast of, uh, of the, the, the game uh, after I saw it in person. I, I don't know that I saw anything from the linebackers that leads me to believe they're necessarily going to be better. And I certainly didn't see anything that told me, hey, uh, th they've got the depth they need at that position to run through a year. Yeah, I, the spring game's a small sample size. I think that I, I do believe that they're they're developed, they're developing and getting better. But they they need another body for sure. They need a guy that can compete and come com, compete and start. Um, you know that, that they can't just add another body. They you know they did that last year. Um, so yeah, we'll see. It's it, it's going to be a, a work in progress there, I believe. Uh, but I, I don't I didn't see, I didn't focus on the linebackers enough to really discern what the issues were. Um, but if, if they're going to sacrifice a defensive lineman in front of them and not let them make plays and the linebackers aren't taking advantage of them, then they definitely need to change their scheme more and may, and cause more disruption. What'd you think of Ryan Watts at corner? Uh, he looks big. You know, he's gigantic in person. You know, I mean, I knew that I stood next to him in high school and he was towered over me. Uh, he's a big guy. Physicality. Uh, I think it, it's, you know, I think it's conducive to them wanting to run more man. Um, I think he's going to play a whole lot. You know, he's probably going to end up starting if they in the games they go in where they run a lot of base. He's going to be a starter. Uh, but I think him and Jameson are going to keep competing well in August to to be out there as a starting corner when they're in base. You know, uh, Terrence Brooks had a couple of Terrence Brooks is a little. I, he's a guy that's going to mix it up down the field, um, and right. I think he's going to get some some pi called pis called on him. Right. But he but he's also a guy that's kind of he's close enough to where it's not always an obvious call. I think, and I think that's that was interesting. I I, I really liked what I saw from him. Uh, Roshan Johnson, of course, however, kind of made a made yeah. mincemeat of him on that long run, but. Uh, overall, I like what I saw from Terrence Brooks. Deshaun Jameson did give up the touchdown uh, to uh, Xavier Worthy, but that's a that's a tough ask uh, covering him one on one on a on a slant like that. And then uh, Jameer Johnson, uh, the young guy out of, out of California, did get the big touchdown caught on him and and a couple others. But uh, the cornerbacks, I thought, you know, for for what they were asked to do, not overwhelming, but not not bad either overall. At least not the ones. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're they're talented, and so if if, uh, if the wide receivers are making plays on there, there's that zero sum that we can have some sort of confidence in. Like, hey, these guys are pretty good, so uh, they're not always going to be facing Nair, Worthy, and Whittington, uh, and so <laughs> their job's going to get a little bit easier. Right now, that's kind of like swinging the bat with the donut off it. They'll take the donut off it when they when they go against it and play teams not named Alabama. Yeah, I mean, I think I I agree with you. That that is one thing that uh, is. The one thing I do I, I do recognize coming out of this for the defensive backs is exactly who they were going up against for the receivers. Because you can say what you want, but Worthy is absolutely proven. Whittington has looked good when he's had the opportunities and not been injured. And, and Nayard, I mean, he belongs in that group. You know, yeah. I mean, he's, 
that's those are three pretty salty dudes, and we didn't even see B. John Robinson off on offense. Last position that I really wanted to talk about was the safety group. Jaron Thompson creates a fumble at the goal line. Anthony Cook with an interception. That's the two turnovers, both coming from the safety, the starting safeties. Yep. Uh, Keaton Crawford looks like he's running behind Jaron Thompson uh, at at the uh, field safety. Um, any thoughts there? Any any young guys look good? I saw B.J. Allen get some some action. Larry Turner Gooden. Larry yeah. Turner Gooden got sh- shook really good by uh, Jordan Whittington one time. But yeah, uh, anything else you see there? Well, yeah, Maurice Blackwell kind of stole the show with a couple of those hits. Everybody loves those big hits. Um, yeah, for, I, I totally almost. I mean, and he's backing up Anthony Cook. He's on that side. So yeah, yeah. yeah. They. I mean, he's that's that's kind of how he is. He loves football, and people that love football tend to hit harder than people that don't love football. Um, and so that's, that's what he brings to the table right there. A lot of people are saying, Hey, they got to figure out some sort of role for him. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully boundary safety can work for him. I think Anthony cook's going to have a strong year. I'm, I'm, I'm a more of a believer in him. Uh, even though I don't think he has the exact, uh, physical specs for that, that position, but, uh, I think they're in a good position to, uh, to, to develop and, and, um, and improve. Obviously it's, it's good that they're turning the ball over safety should be able to turn the ball over quite a bit in this defense. So, um, yeah, we'll see. That's, now, are they going to add somebody from the portal, Bobby? Is that, is that a thing I, you know, I, I think I think they they're going to look in the portal pretty heavy at safety, and I think they should. I mean, uh, they're still young back there, and they need. I still think that ultimately they're going to need one of those two has to have more speed. You can't. I don't think you can go into the season with both got both safeties probably running four six. Um, well, I bet. But if they're not successful. That looks like what they're going to do unless Keaton Crawford can beat out uh, either Jaron Thompson or Anthony Cook. Um, uh, you know, overall on defense for you, Eric? Um, well, I mean, I think they're really vanilla. It's hard to take away too much. Um, you know, their issues to me are personnel uh, as much as anything. I didn't see a whole lot of things schematically. You know, they weren't playing the DBs 10 yards off on third and short or whatever. You know, it's I'm not I'm not you know, we, we can't glean too much from them on, on scheme because they're doing a lot of different things than than they did last year uh, in practice. Maybe we didn't see all that. Uh, but, yeah, they, they need personnel. They need upgrades. They, they, they could use more top line quality veterans. Uh, and they don't have them. So that's what that's where the portal comes in. They, they got to close out O'Shawn Mathis. Would love to see him add another linebacker. And I'm not, I don't think that safety is as big of a need, but I do agree that they will look, look there. Um, it's kind of like with house money right now, you know, you've got one more lotto ticket. Where do you want to try to try to spend it on? And uh, so it sounds like safety would be one, but I, I would definitely be looking for off the ball linebacker. And then of course with O'Shawn Mathis, but seeing Ovi playing, uh, playing better on that side made me feel a lot better about missing on, uh, on Drew Sanders and, and not, not, maybe not addressing that position. So. Yeah, I, I looked at defense and I, I agree with you on personnel grouping. I mean, the two guys on defense that looked the best to me were Byron Murphy and Jade Barron. Um, yeah. And I don't know that either either of those right now, at least, are in the same category as Worthy, Whittington, Nayor, Roshan, or Bijan. No. You see what no. I'm saying? And so, uh, you know, we can say what we want, whether it's coaching or whatever, but the I don't think it's coaching. I think it's personnel as much as anything because nobody is showing like those other guys on offense, just a, right. a dominating ability, right? They, they really can take it to a, def- a different level. And I don't see that on defense right now. No, but that skill talent should help out the defense. They're going to put up some points and put pressure on teams. And, uh, and that's going to, it's going to be a, a positive feedback loop in that regard. Um, but yeah, you're right. That skill talent is going to be what bias start time to, to properly address the defense over time. 
get the right guy that, you know, they, they brought in a fantastic D line class, you know, um, especially on the edges, which is one of the biggest needs, but you know, that it's going to take time. They need time to develop those pieces. Um, we call this the state of the program because we try to hit on all aspects of it. Um, recruiting Texas brings home two commitments on Saturday. Uh, both uh, skill position players we mentioned, Ryan Niblett out of Aldi Nike, uh, Trey Wisner running back out of DeSoto uh, by way of Waco Connolly. Uh, coaches you mentioned today are out on the road. Uh, they're, they're out trying to, to find the next group. I personally think, and I know you do as well, that, that this is where we're going to start seeing the, their recruiting board kind of come into some sort of, I, I don't want to say coalesce, but it will get some more clarity, I guess is a better way to put it, uh, yep. of key guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, numbers are going to be a, a huge theme of this class, especially if they end up getting arch. I mean, if they get arch, then it's, you know, it's a scramble drill and we'll see how it, how it comes together. But, um, you know, they're, they're in a really good position leverage-wise. You want leverage. I don't mean that in a bad way where they're going to, you know, coach people in that don't want to be in. But, I mean, they don't have to reach for guys early. They can take their time. Uh, you know, getting a guy like Dylan Spencer early uh, at a need position and Ryan Niblett early at a need position. Uh, gives them time to, to really work on the guys that they truly want the most. Um, and I think that board is going to shape shift a, a few different times. And then after they get arched, they're just going to pick up the phone and ask anybody. I asked the super elite guys, you know, you want in or what? You know, and they'll, they'll have the leverage to do so. They're, they're in prime position to have, have a really, really, really good top to bottom recruiting class. Yeah, I, you mentioned that. Uh, I saw Brennan Thompson there uh, over the weekend. He's coming in. And, and then I saw... Uh, Dylan Spencer, you mentioned him just now, uh, the, the commitment from CE King. I thought he looked terrific in person. Yeah. That's the first time I'd seen him in person. Yeah. People that uh, see him for the first time always shake their head. Yeah. He is tall and long and yeah, he's, he's yeah. impressive. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a, that's a yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you, if he's one of the first guys you want off the bus, right. uh, for sure. So I, and that was not a guy that before he committed, right. This is a, another Feather, I think, in, in their their cap, the eval uh, group at Texas. I, I didn't necessarily think know that much about Dylan Spencer until he actually committed. And in retrospect, more power to him. I mean, uh, he he looks like a million bucks. So, all right, uh, Eric, you have anything else you want to add before we get going here? No, I mean, I'm excited. Spring ball is over only because uh, it gets us one step closer to real football. Uh, so now we're going to focus a little bit more on on recruiting the coaches again on the road, road like you said and we'll be uh, covering that as best we can and uh, give team a little bit of a break of course we'll we'll recap the spring probably each position and kind of go through it just so people have something to read and they can always uh, uh, thumb thumb back to uh, but yeah I mean I think it was productive spring I think they did what they needed to incremental improvement across the board is coming to a tv set near you yeah I think we've got we've got some good stuff planned uh, especially this week I mean I'm, I'm loading up I'm trying to to get uh, everybody on so that we can talk about it. I'm going to talk with Joe Cook soon. And I really want to hear his thoughts on Sark's temperament uh, in the post-game press conferences and in the press conferences, because I think I've sensed a little something different there than maybe what we saw last year. Uh, Ian Boyd obviously will, will help help us break it down. We're going to talk to Brian Irwin, the new coach's corner that we uh, 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 debuted over the weekend. I thought was really good. Uh, and of course, uh, we'll be talking recruiting and team stuff with you, Justin, Jerry, and, and the gang as well. All right, Eric Nalin, publisher, InsideTexas.com, the source uh, for your team and recruiting news on the Longhorns. Uh, for Eric, I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks for watching. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.